Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a playoff week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina, and with me once again, Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you? Joe, good to be back. Fired up for playoff week here. It's uh, you know, it's been seems like the season's gone by like that. Seems mm -hmm. like it was just started, and it still feels like it was in the beginning of March. <laughs> so uh, uh, we we're not in we're not in March. <laughs> <laughs> we're ready to go, man. It should be a, it should be a good week. Should be a lot of fun matchups coming up. Uh, we're recording this once again at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. Uh, as always, you can send us questions or feedback by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, you can listen to the show every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com or on iTunes. Uh, before we get started, I want to make a couple of, uh, I guess, announcements. Uh, if you haven't seen the site, um, we are once again, or I should say I once again will be putting together uh, Boys and Girls Lacrosse Yearbook. Um, those, the uh, page for that went up the other day. If you, can, uh, you can either click on the tab at the top of the website that says Lacrosse Yearbook, or there's a story on the site that you know will direct you to uh, more information about that. Uh, to run over it real quick, basically what I do is take all of the coverage from the spring, um, put it all together into a magazine-type format. Um, I think this year's is actually going to check in at around 80 pages, which would be the biggest one I've done so far. It's going to you know, have all the game stories, lots of photos, standings, playoff results, all-state teams, my all-state teams, uh, you know, so you can get that. And, and then, uh, you know, maybe if you uh, if you make the team and you're happy about it, you can hang that up on your wall. If you uh, don't make the team and you can maybe find my picture and put it on your dartboard or something, I, I don't know. Uh, either or either of those is cool. I got to tell uh -huh. you, though, uh, you know, it was a it was a really great keepsake last year. Uh, I think there was a there was a ton of just a ton of information in there uh, and, and really neat to look back on the on the year as a whole. So, you know. Highly, uh, you know, I really enjoyed it last year, and I know this year will be just as good. So I'm highly recommended on this side of the this side. Of the I know, I know. Sometimes I, I uh, uh, exaggerate a little bit, but when I, I mean, I really do mean all of every story that was on the site this year. It goes into it. Um, so yeah, it does have a lot of information in there. Um, so yeah, so that's up for sale right now. So if you, you know, go check that out if you're interested. And of course, um, on Friday we're going to have a uh, a pretty big episode of the season. Um, big, not only in terms of uh, length, I think it's going to be one of the longer ones this year, probably more than a half an hour, um, but also big in content too. Uh, a couple big games for uh, from a couple weeks ago for Dairyfield, so that should be uh, something I don't think you're going to want to miss. You're going to want to watch that. Uh, it's going to be pretty good. Well, I know you're going to want to watch it. Yeah, I know. I know you're going to uh, watch it. Playoff game on Saturday. Per we'll perfect timing. Yeah, perfect timing. So, uh, yeah, it'd be a great date night with my yeah. wife. We'll, uh, <laughs> She's we'll going to love that. Candles uh, uh, and dinner. It'll be great. Uh, <laughs> does she watch a lot of the episodes with you? Oh, or, she loves it. Yeah. She can't wait. Yeah. Pins and yeah, needles yeah. every week. <laughs> um, so we are here to talk about some playoffs because that's, you know, tomorrow or Thursday begins the boys' first rounds. Um, on Wednesday, we had the girls' quarterfinals. Uh, we're still waiting for a couple of scores to come in there. Uh, so while we wait for that, we're going to get started on the looking at some of the boys' matchups, uh, not just with Thursday, but also looking ahead to Saturday with um, quarterfinals. Uh, any anything that jumps out to you right yeah, away? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we start Division One boys. You've got you've got Timberlane and Nashua South squaring off in the eight nine game, a rematch of uh, an April 29th game, a one goal game, one of the many one goal games for for Timberlane this year. You know, I think we a, talked uh, last week about double how double overtime game, double I believe, overtime yeah. game. How how many one goal and close games Timberlane lost this year? 
that their season could be completely different if they had, if they had won those games. Um, so second season, second life for uh, Coach Blaska and his boys out there, the the fighting Matt Licatas, and uh, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a great matchup. Uh, Nashua South, you know, a team that you know all season long we were especially coming into the season were really high on the way they were playing. Um, you know kind of uh, hit a mid-season lull, but now seem to be ramping back up again. I think uh, they, playing they much, battled playing some injuries. Much better. Yep. Yeah, some battled and some injuries there mid-season. So, that you know, it'll be interesting to see the adjustments the two coaches make, but I think two evenly matched teams uh, fighting for the uh, the privilege of playing Bishop Girton in the next round. But, uh, you know, anytime you can get into the playoffs and, and get a playoff win, um, this this is a huge game for those yeah, teams. Yeah, I, I know, I mean, looking ahead, um, the winner of this game – goes on to play bg um you but know i think so as a program builder it, it, I think right it's, that's it's, yeah it's a I, huge I, yeah. I like that i like that they've added these games again i know the last two years it was just eight teams d1 and d3 previous to that the previous cycle you had 10 teams getting in so you had two of these play and get play in games essentially i like those i like that there's an extra game there for you know for me to go watch but also for these teams to play and and and, and kind of try to build something i mean it's you know, it, it's amazing, I think, sometimes to hear how much it changes the offseason when you're talking about coming off of a playoff berth as opposed to, you know, Timberlane going 6-8 and eight and saying, well, you know, well, our season's done. Y- you've got two teams that are building for the future there, and Timberlane, who, who's still a fairly young team, first year in Division One, and then you've got Nashua South, who is an incredibly young team across the board this year, um, you know, with a lot of, lot of guys returning next year. So both teams with a lot on the line to build momentum for – for next season um so yeah i'm i'm excited to see that game tomorrow um you know looking at the rest of the landscape and in the tournament there um the one that sticks out to me is the the sauhegan hanover game the four five match up there um you know arguably uh coach bertrand and and the sabers playing some of their best ball of the season right now um you know winner you know a nice little winning streak they've got going there since basically the the pinkerton loss i believe they've gone undefeated since then eight no since um, then yeah putting together a nice little stretch there um well you, you talk about one clicking one goal games they've kind of been the opposite they got a, a one goal win over londonderry a one goal win over timberlane two goal w- or win over bedford to end the season um and from what it you know three goals to beat portsmouth three goal win over portsmouth and it sounds like they're getting it done just any way possible well, ugly it, doesn't matter they're just chem- they're getting it done it, good chemistry with the team the boys are believing coach uh coach bertrand's got his kids playing well you know they've been they've been uh, their their mantra all season has been one clouder do you know what do you know what a clouder is by i have any chance? no idea so i've been I've meaning been to told, ask him that i have I, been told that a clouder is a is a group of cats and that's and that's what that is that is what that is uh you know so we, we learned something new here um, I'm, I'm googling it right now <laughs> actually it just came so up clouder of cats there yeah. you go so yep. so it's a group of cats that are all a pack of cats that all stick together oh. and that's been their mantra all season uh it's also could be oh no i'm sorry no it is cats i'm sorry i read that wrong <laughs> it's cats just cats <laughs> so we are right so yeah and that's been you know it's been a rallying cry for them all season long and i think you know in in um it's worked for them um, I would say arguably the team they're facing, though, has the coach of the year in, in Coach Gardner up there who's, who's put together a really good season for Hanover. Um, his kids, you know, if, if I think if anyone had come into the season and said that Hanover was going to win double-digit games, I think you might have raised an eyebrow at that. Um, but they've done what they've needed to do. They have lost to the big boys, but they've, they've taken care of business against all the other teams oh. that they, they needed to take care of. 
they did have a setback early in the season this out. He, you know, I believe it was a 12, 12, 12 to three. I was going to yeah. say those those first two games of the year they lost at Exeter eleven three and at home twelve three to Sauhegan. Much and different team, though. yeah. I played I, a different I'm, defensive style. I was going to say, uh, I'm wondering what did they change defensively to to. to well, I think they, they've got a good goaltender, and uh, from all indications, they're playing, uh, you know, sort of a, a backer zone, um, and, and it's causing teams uh, to, to – and they're playing a smart style of offense there where they're, they're, they're slowing things down and uh, making things difficult for teams. So, um, And they've also got – they can play that style because they've got a very good face-off guy. And um, so I think this is going to be a really interesting game uh, and the fact that I, I think – if I'm Sauhegan, I almost want to give Hanover shots so that I can get out and transition. John Lonans is a, is a great goalie for Sauhegan and net. You know, I would, I, I'd, I'd want to do anything I could to up the pace in that game to get out and run, especially being on turf. Um, you know, it is two turf teams, but I, I think Sauhegan's going to feel very comfortable in this game getting into kind of a run-and-gun style. I don't think they want to play a slow-down game. Um, I think that could be bad news for them if Hanover is able to, to slow it down a little bit there. So, to me, that out of all the um, the quarterfinal matchups, that one sticks out to me. I, I'm looking at their what they've done this year, Hanover, and I'm seeing four one-goal games that they four wins, four one-goal games, um, a two-goal game, a three-goal game, and, and then a two other five-goal games. So, this is a team that, I mean, Very they know how to win close games. games. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and, and I feel like, a lot of times this year, we, you know, we looked at for results and just saw the scores and just kind of went, "Wow, okay, they're this le- this makes them a little bit more legit every single time." I mean, it's just um, kind of a remarkable run that they've been on. Well, and that's what I mean by you know when when you know I don't know how the all-state voting turned out last night, but uh, I I would assume that Coach Gardner would have been in the discussion for a Coach of the Year in Division One. I. I mean, that's not an accident when your team plays that way you've bought into the system that your your coach is, is prescribing to that says, hey, this is how we're going to win games this year, and they've done a great job doing it. Um, you know, if we're, if we're looking at other quarterfinal matchups, I think uh, another interesting one is the, the Pinkerton-Londonderry matchup there, two teams that are going to be really physical that are going to get out and play each other. Um, you know, a Londonderry team that, surprising to me, was was much better in the faceoff circle than I think anyone anticipated this year. You know, can they can they uh, match up against Gian O'Mara? Can they keep the ball away from, uh, you know, Pinkerton's high-powered offense? Ryan Ozier playing very well right now, seemingly coming back from injury, almost at full he strength. He looks a really, lot better yeah, now than he did early in the season. Much yeah. more confident, yeah. um, playing with a lot more uh, a lot more physicality than he was at the beginning of the season there. and. You know, obviously the Druin brothers, um, but you know, Londonderry from when we scrimmaged them earlier in the year, I was really impressed by their discipline. I watched them on tape against Exeter a couple times. Um, you know, it's a team that hangs around and knows. Uh, you know, has a lot of th- two, three sport athletes on their team that's going to know how to win those games. So, I th- I don't think um, you know I, I do anticipate Pinkerton winning that game, but I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna be a blowout in that game. Yeah, you know, a month ago or, or maybe even two weeks ago, we would have looked at this game and thought it would have been a semifinal. I think, um, you know, for it to be a quarterfinal for for London, I mean, you look at Londonderry again. They lost big to to BG and to, to Pinkerton, um, but you look at what they did against everyone else, and their losses are all one goal games. Um, Excuse me. One of the, they lost to, to Exeter once by by two, and then they had another one goal game against them. But really, the two that stand out were the two at the end of the season to Sauhegan and to Hanover. 
they really cost them that that four seed. I mean, they win those two, either of those games, and they're probably and talking about they, a home game right you know, now. And I think they, ki- I think they're kicking themselves that early season loss, their opening game against Concord when they, they had were the big, big lead at the half. halftime. You know, yeah. those things. A lot of things that that could go either way there, but you know, it, it's still a dangerous team. They, they they played they played Exeter tight twice. And Exeter is a team that nearly knocked off Pinkerton. So, you know, we know they have the talent and discipline to do it. Just have to see who shows up there. You know, and then the uh, the final quarterfinal, um, you know, Concord and Exeter. Um, you know, Concord, uh, nice job by them, I think, to be able to move up to that sixth seed, um, kind of take advantage with an, a, a nice run to end the season. They win, you know, five of their last six games. Um, you know, a couple of close wins there, a one-goal win over Dover, a one-goal win over Timberlane. Um you know, to see them in that spot, uh, I know they, they lost to Exit early in the year by nine, but, you know, to see them get into that spot, especially coming off of the year they had last year, missing the playoffs, I think they won three games a year ago. Yep. You know, to bounce back like this is, is a pretty good sign for them. Yeah, and again, they won most, they won the games that we looked at, that we circled on their schedule early in the year that they needed to win, so they won those games. They definitely deserve to be in that spot. Um, you know, Coach Smith did a great job with his guys again this year. Um, he's getting more and more athletes to come out. Um, again, I think I think he'll have a great game plan for for Exeter in this game. You know, they're just going to need they're going to need possessions in the faceoff circle. Um, I have no doubt that they will play really good defense. Probably a little bit of zone involved. Maybe try and slow the slow the pace of the game down a little bit there. But it's it's going to be tough on turf. Every mistake they make is going to be magnified. The ball is going to travel out of bounds. Um, those things are going to work. Those things are going to work against them in that game. You know, Exeter probably. I, I know a lot of a lot of you guys are, are lamenting the fact that this quarterfinal isn't happening until Saturday. Um, you know, with that's so, you know giving a lot of teams uh, eight or nine days off here. But I'm sure. Exeter might be one of the few teams that's actually enjoying this because they got banged up again that loss to Pinkerton. Uh, Henry Volk came out early in that game. Um, something going on with his right shin. He was hobbling a little bit. Um, I'm not. I'm blanking on his name. Another uh, one of their long poles. I think his numbers 17 came out early in that game. Uh, didn't return. You know he he. Um, Again, I'm not I'm not remembering who it is, but you know they got beat up a little bit against Pinkerton in that final. Well, look at the look at the run since since the beginning of May. They've gone. They were uh, they were at Salem. They had to go to Acton. Bo- they were home against Acton Boxborough at Londonderry, at Concord, at Bishop Gurdon, at Derryfield. Turn around the next day, play Keene, Bedford, at Pinkerton, at Nashua North. You know they they had a they had a really tough end of the season there, um, and it could have been even tougher that Pinkerton game. Was supposed to be supposed before, to be the, the, tenth, before yeah. the yeah before the Dairyfield game, so right. they got a little bit of they got a little bit of a reprieve there, having to play them later. But if, if anything, it but just the, made yeah, the end of the season three a little games bit, in little three bit days. harder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, yeah, they they've got a they, they, if they get healthy, they'll be, they'll be fine. Um, you know, I think uh, like we like we talked about, if there was you know if there's one team that I think can crash the party, the Pinkerton BG party, I think I think Exeter's got the firepower to do it. Um, as long as Henry's healthy, they've got they've got the goaltender to do it, and and their defense has been playing very well. I don't mean you know, and they they probably will have a bit. Of course, playing at home will make a difference. All those semifinal and final games are are at um, at Bill Ball Stadium at Exeter. Um, you know, and I wonder how much a little <laughs> interesting <laughs> subplot there. Yeah. Um, I wonder how much too the fact that you know they came out against BG and were down ten nothing at halftime. Um, 
you know, they had a stretch there against Pinkerton where Pinkerton scored uh, something like four or five goals in like six, seven minutes. Or I, it was some, something kind of ridiculous. Um, you know, or, or were they not to say that they didn't want to win those games, but could, you know, potentially a little bit of a possum playing possum there a little bit. You know, now uh, you turn around, you maybe get teams that are overconfident. Who knows? If I know, if I know Coach Holly, I know that like he he understands the team that he has this year, and I I think if you if you really analyze the tape, I doubt that he showed everything that his defense can do and the different schemes that they're going to throw at teams come playoff time there. So I I think you know it's got to give his kids some confidence that you know they played Pinkerton as close as they did in the regular season. Um, you know we talked about that BG game wasn't really a a, a fair. Uh, assessment of their team given you know showing up late to the stadium the weather that it was you know excuses but at the same time they do matter when you're when you're on the road there playing a high-powered team like that so I it's a it's an Exeter team that I I am if they can get out of the quarterfinal round I would be interested to see if they match up against Pinkerton how that how that game turns out you can get a big crowd get a big home crowd there um, you know that's if I'm Pinkerton, I'm not crazy about that matchup. <laughs> You're having, having to beat a team three times in one season. Yeah, and then in the, when it counts on their home turf. Yep. Um, let's look at D2. Uh, of course, before we get to the quarterfinals there, we've got uh, a whole bunch of prelim games coming up on th- um, on Thursday. Um, some good ones, too. Some interesting Some, some, some interesting, interesting matchups. matchups. And then, yep. you know, I, I, I noticed um, someone uh, tweeted at me uh, over the weekend that they wanted to hear – where we would have seated everybody if, um, you know, if if we had been putting the the playoff brackets together for Division uh, Two, huh? For Division Two, <laughs> you know, I think in large part because you know you look at you got um, St. Thomas who had some pretty big wins this season, a couple of and some losses clo- and down, some, some narrow some, close, close losses, yeah, yeah. close losses. Um, they are seated behind at number eight behind a couple of teams that they beat head to head. You've got Wyndham at eight and seven, um, lost their you know lost their best player arguably, in Cody Stevens in the first game of the year. It was a team uh, that definitely most people, just about everybody had picked as a Final Four team, right. and again could make could make a huge run. I mean, if I'm Gosstown, I am not happy. Normally, right. if you're so a five, Wyndham, if you're yeah. a five seed, you're thinking, great, okay, we get a nice opening rounds, we'll, we'll get our feet under us. That's going to be a knockdown, drag them out, like yeah. you know. Wyndham, uh, it's, it's going to be a fight. Yeah, Wyndham dropped all the way down to the to the 12 seed, um, you know, and they do, and like I said, they get Goffstown. They actually they played uh, back on May 6th, and Goffstown won nine to six. So, I mean, not out of the realm of possibility that 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 oh, that not, not even close. I mean, and that's a Wyndham team that has been gaining count. That was that was at a point in Wyndham season where I, I don't think they they kind of knew what kind of team they were going to be. They were still figuring things out. Later that week, they came out. They came back out uh, two days later, lost to Portsmouth nine eight, turned around two days after that and beat St. Thomas seven to four, in a game that was you just. I almost want to say it was the turning point of their season. Yeah, yeah that was kind of a knockdown, dragout sort of game. Um, you know, they finish off the year with that nine eight win against Hollis Brookline. Um, you know, to 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 bump themselves up to twelve. Um, that's just, the Wyndham Goffstown. I feel like that's. I mean, maybe not a semifinal, but a quarterfinal type of matchup. Easily, easily could be a quarterfinal, and easily in the beginning of the season, I think a lot of people were, we were trying to figure out who those, you know, those teams would be. A lot of people had a, a Goffstown Wyndham semifinal round, so that that to me that one sticks out. Like, you know, if you were doing NCAA brackets out March Madness, and, you, and you're looking at the traditional 12 seeds that ca- cause an upset, that that's that's 
that's one that, that sticks out to the me. The other thing, Goffstown hasn't played a game in 11 days. Um, their last game was May 21st against Conval. They won 16-2. to You go even further back, um, their previous game before that was six days before that, so May 15th you're going back. So they've played a lot one of game time, a in, lot the last, of yeah, in the last uh, 15 days. Um, and that game was a win over Kennett. So if you go back even you go even further to find a, a game where they played someone who's in the playoffs, um, they beat Mer- uh, excuse me Merrimack Valley on the 13th, uh, 11-8. That's probably their last you know tough game. Um, so I, I'm you know I'm not maybe not saying that 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 Wyndham's going to nah, pull off the upset, but no, but I, I still think I think it's going to be a cl- I think it's going to be a close game. I mean you've got you've got competitors like Nick Mason and Griffin Cook. Um, you know, um, Caleb Gordon. You've, you've got some really tough, hard-nosed kids from Goffstown, and and they're going to match up really well against Wyndham. Wyndham's got some really, really tough kids there that are unafraid to hit. Um, you know, and they've got Nathan Levine and Jake Russ down on on attack. Parker Rice. I mean, these are two teams that can fill the back of the net. Um, I, I'm I'm anticipating so you know like a nine ten somewhere you know a fairly high-scoring game, but come come right down to the wire. Um, so. That one, that one's a really interesting game, um, and then you've got a rematch, the seven ten game. You got a rematch of a one goal game there from uh, an overtime game from earlier in the season there, where um, you know talking to Coach Miller, you know John Stark had that game won. Coach Coach Rover calls a timeout as one of his kids is shooting and scores in overtime. In overtime, and oh. Merrimack gets the ball back, goes down and scores on the next possession. Goes on and scores on the next possession. So. Um, you know, I, I, I think both teams uh, are, you know, really excited about this about this matchup. And, and again, another game that probably could be a one or two goal game. So you've got two great matchups there. Um, in that game, uh, you've got some really high high scoring guys. You get you get a kid from Merrimack and attackman Jordan Petroselli with over 50 points on the season. Um, and for John Stark, you've got you got a midfielder in Caden Caden Easter who uh, who lit up the scoreboard this year as well. Tough matchup there. Um, so that'll be, and I believe it's Merrimack's first uh, host their first ever playoff game on their right. on their home field. Sounds there. sounds about right. I know they've they've had a couple of playoff games in the past, but you're right. I don't think any of them have been at home. So uh, nice uh, nice little nice reward for Coach Miller and all the hard work they they toiled away in Division two Division one for a long time there. Uh, you know, then you've also got, we alluded to St. Thomas being the eight seed. They're taking on Kingswood, the number nine seed. Uh, Hollis Brookline, uh, after that rough final week of the season, they dropped to four. They're hosting Bo, the 13 seed. Um, other you know, side a of Bo the team that's fallen a little bit under the radar, but have, have put up points this year. They've got yeah. two kids in Mason Garasso and, and Jack uh, Wixon who, who have scored a lot of points this year. And Bo's given up some points, but you know, the, the, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe the two teams played each other during the regular season, and um, they didn't. Know, no, they, they did not. Bo Bo has put up some interesting scores this year, so I think that could be closer than people think. They won six of their game. last eight games too. Yep. Um, you know, after after a pretty rough st- one and six start to the season, so you know they've um, they've really turned it around. Um, you know, then we've also got you know Portsmouth hosting Co Brown, which uh, oh, excuse me, that's not. Oyster River, that's what I meant to say there. <laughs> uh, uh, Portsmouth hosting, hosting Oyster River, and then you've also got uh, Merrimack Valley hosting Manchester Central. So You know, what sticks out for me in this game, and, and a lot of people might say, you know, why does, why does Division Two need 14 teams in? Well, you know, I look at Oyster River, 
and uh, how young they are this year and, and Coach Haley and the job he's done with those guys to get them excited to get the numbers built back up again. Um, you know, he, he's building for the future there. Um, and, you know, he's got, a, he's got a really good attackman in Hayton Marshall who scored 87 points on the season this year only as only a sophomore. Um, so, you know, the future's bright for Oyster River, and I think that's why – you know, when maybe some people get snarky about how many teams get into the playoffs, it is important for these kids. They build some momentum. They say, "Hey, we made the playoffs this year. We get one more game, and then and then there's there's uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel for next year. We keep building." Um, Within reason, we don't need uh, you know teams with three wins going correct, to play uh, be, being sacrificial lambs. Yeah. Uh, but you know, on that same on that same token, you know, you got Merrimack Valley taking on a Manchester Central team again, a team that has struggled up in Division One for a long time. I want to say the last time they they made the playoffs was back in like uh, was it 2010, 2011. I, I remember I remember a, a really good Manchester Central team playing at Southern New Hampshire, catching catching a Bishop Girton team in the quarterfinals, and really that Manchester Central team was probably a Final Four team. It just got a bad draw there. Bad break. So yeah. it's been it's been a while since they've been in the playoffs there. Coach McGinnis has done a great job with, with that group, um, you know, uh, led by Alec Kakavis and uh, Owen McNichols in goal. You've got Alex Hawkham at the midfield. Um, you know, I think a lot of people would look at it. Merrimack Valley is probably going to roll in this game, but I, I think it could be a lot closer than, than people think. Yeah, again, they uh, another another pairing that did not play this season. You know, Central got off to that 6-2 and two start and then kind of hit a bump in the road with some really tough games coming down the stretch. Um, but, you know, you look at it, and they, they played some playoff teams pretty tough. You know, 9-5, they lose to Merrimack. 9-8, they lose to St. Thomas in that last last couple of games of the season. Um, it, it is pretty exciting to see a team, you know, it, say what you will about, oh, they, had, they dropped down and it, whatever. It's exciting to see teams like that be able to have this kind of opportunity that, you know, these kids, you know, they, they go out there and practice every day too. You know, it's good to see them have an opportunity to continue their season. Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, to answer the question, you know, that your your your, uh, your viewer there had, I, I think it's close. I think the seedings are close to where they should be, but there are definitely some teams that, you know, because of the unbalanced schedule are, are there. Um, you know, I know Coach Houlihan and I have been joking, you know, like this could potentially be the fourth out of the fifth year in a row that we've played each other in the quarterfinals. Uh, I don't think either one of us are happy about that, but um, you know, there's a there's a very good Kingswood team that that stands in their way before before that's to be settled. So we'll see. And uh, looking over at uh, Division Three, um, you know, we've got teams are kind of bunched up in there record-wise, but I don't know if there's too many people that aren't expecting a Pelham Hopkinton final. Um, obviously. Hopkinton potentially would have a tough uh, semifinal game, maybe against Monadnock, um, a team that I think took them to overtime earlier this year. If I if I saw that correctly, it was a one it was a, a one goal, goal game, game yeah. at at Hopkinton. Yeah, so um, you know a, an interesting start. They of course also get underway to uh, to th excuse me Thursday night with a play-in game between Guilford and Interlakes Moultonboro. Uh, I believe first playoff appearance for Interlakes Moultonboro. So that's. Um, Huge for them to be getting this opportunity, maybe maybe getting two playoff games in. No, I and I think well, it, that that is huge. You know, as we talked about with other teams getting in there, I like. Uh, I think the matchup that I like the most in the in the potential quarterfinals here is the Laconia Campbell game. Um, Laconia playing really well lately, 
Campbell having some big wins this season. In, including um, against Laconia. Including against Laconia, right. And then uh, so earlier in the season. So that, that to me is a very interesting matchup there. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on the Hopkinton-Kearsarge game. Kearsarge has a really good faceoff guy. Um, I think that, can get, that game could stay close for a little while. I would anticipate Hopkinson pulling away in the second half, but I think that one that one could be a little bit better of a battle there as should, well. Should also mention too that it's Campbell's first time in the playoffs, and you know nine win, win season for them. Um, some big wins there, like we mentioned against Laconia, um, you know Plymouth, which is usually a, a, a perennial playoff team, a little down this year. Kearsarge late in the season, um, you know, and then you know you talk about the Cougars, they've they struggled a little bit down the stretch with some close games of their own. Um, yeah, that would be interesting to see how that goes if they're able to take advantage of some of those opportunities and ju it to just keep the ball away from Hopkinton for a while. Exactly. I think if they, if they can control the draw and, and play smart, um, you know, offensive, you know, keep possession for a long time, then they can, they can keep that one close. At the beginning of the year, they played them to a 14-7 game. They were able to put points up on the board, so they just they need the ball a little bit there. Um, what do we else? We got, you know, Pelham, of course, will be taking on the winner of that Guilford Interlakes Moultonboro game. Um, and then in the other uh, quarterfinal, you've got Trinity going out to Monadnock. Um, you know, a matchup of, of a couple of teams that are, are, you know, maybe fly a little bit under the radar because of Monadnock, I think, because of location and Trinity, because, I mean, they're a, a, a team playing D3 in a city like Manchester. They probably get they get overlooked a little bit, I think. You know, knock on quite a, quite a run to end the season too. Um, you know, Trinity had they they've already gone out to Manadnock this season and they played to a thirteen nine game. Um, you know, I think Trinity has flown a little bit under the radar this year. I watch them a lot indoors and they've got some very good athletes out on the field there. Um, you know, and I think they've got a lot of kids like we talked about in previous divisions, multi sport athletes um, that are going to match up well against against Manadnock. Um, so if there was if there is an upset in the first round, that 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 potentially could be one. Mananox won what nine in a row, I believe, if I'm looking at this right. Um, you know, in a lot of those games, you know, outside of that Trinity game, you know, they haven't been too too close. They've taken on a couple their defense. Of, their defense yeah. seems to be playing really well right yeah. now. They're holding teams to under ten, you know, under ten goals, under double digits. They're probably probably averaging around six goals a game right now. Yeah. Um, so, with the exception of those two setbacks to Pelham and Hopkinton, they've been they've been rolling. So tomorrow, I guess we said we got or Thursday we've got um, preliminary round games, one each in D one, D three. We've got uh, a lot of action, a lot of games in D two. On Wednesday, we had the quarterfinal games for the girls' side, and a lot of those games, I think, um, fair to say that they went the way we might have expected them to go a uh, little bit a little bit to chalk at this point a little bit although uh, lo well a little bit bedford, a lot of, a bedford, lot of exeter, Bed um, bedford exeter was a yeah, little couple, closer couple than you D1 expected games um that were different outcomes than what i expected i stopped over at, at bedford um you know got there you know and they were clinging to a lead in the first half there actually um i think they were down four three at one point ended up going up leading six five at halftime um, it was 9-7, you know, early in the second half. And Bedford just started, they started winning a couple of draws. They put in a couple of goals. And that was kind of, I don't want to say that was it, but, you know, tough for, tough for Exeter, an Exeter team that, you know, knew they were going to have to be at their best coming into the game to kind of 
answer back from that against a, a pretty high-powered offense and, and a really good defensive team there in Bedford. Um, the other game that kind of surprised me, that 4-5 matchup between Sauhegan and Nashua South, that was a four-goal game in the regular season that Sauhegan won. I, you know, I thought Sauhegan was going to win again. Um, I but did not see them winning 15-1. Um, just not what I was expecting. And I think, you know, we talked to them about maybe being the – um, the fourth team in a three-team race, you know, and clearly they are in the semifinals with this win today. Uh, you know, I'm not saying they're going to upset Pinkerton, which also won, but, you know, it might be a little bit closer than a lot of, a lot of people may have thought, you know, a couple weeks ago. If you, you're looking at what Sauhegan's done down the stretch. Um, they, you know, I think they lost to Bedford in their finale by two goals, which you know, put up 13. I think that's the most anyone scored on Bedford this year. Outside of BG, they lost. They lost to the three, the, the three big teams this year. But in each game, they, they've been really, really knocking yeah. on the door in yeah. each one of those games. You know, and their 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 defense and goaltending is playing well. So, it it would, in my opinion, it would not be an upset, and it wouldn't be a shock if they, if they were able to knock off Pinkerton. Um, you know, those are that's an incredible semifinal to see all four of those teams go there. You're gonna get you're gonna get two great games. Well, you look at the other side. BG also, you know, gets into the semifinals with a big win over Merrimack. You know, they they played uh, their only in-state loss came against Bedford, and that game they you know Bedford needed overtime to win that game. And Bedford needed a pair of probably remarkable comebacks in order to get that win. Um, you know, so both of those games are really just kind of heavyweight bouts that you know i i don't know if you could pick a winner and i don't know if you could be surprised that i guess maybe the, maybe the biggest surprise would be if those aren't competitive games i i that i think you're absolutely right with that i think if, if any one of those games goes to a blowout i, w I would be very surprised uh, in there and something something definitely went wrong or <laughs> at that point maybe, you know, maybe they haven't decided coach of the year maybe maybe you get coach of the year off, <laughs> of, off of the adjustments you made from that <laughs> Uh, of course, those semifinal games will be played Saturday, uh, starting at 5 out at uh, Bill Ball Stadium in Exeter. Uh, Going to be a pretty bu busy busy venue over the next couple of days. Um, Division 2, we got um, three out of four scores here. Uh, still waiting on a uh, result from that Hanover-Hollis-Brookline game. Which um, again, if it if it I, holds, if Hollis Brooklyn, it would that would it would have all gone to chalk at that point too, with Portsmouth, Wyndham, and and Winnicott, the one, four, and the three seeds uh, all advancing. You want to talk about matchups that maybe don't fit the the seeds? That to me, I definitely probably should have could have been a semifinal, maybe even a ch you know championship game if things go a certain way. Um, you know that 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 Hollis Brooklyn gets the number two seed and then has to to host the team in Hanover that they lost has, to. Has one of the top and, girls in and the state. Yeah, yeah, just um, a tough draw for, for the Cavaliers. But, you know, you look at, um, you know, Portsmouth takes care of business against Goffstown. No surprise there, 20-1. to 1. Um, They're going to play the four-seed Wyndham, who, you know, beat up on John Stark, 13-4. to 4. Um, And then on the other side of the bracket, whoever wins that, won that Hanover-Hollis-Brookline game will face uh, Winnicunnet. Uh, a 19-4 winner over Oyster River. In I'm sure case, I, it was good to be the one seed in this, in oh, this yeah, division. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm guessing that um, Winnicott, you know, regardless, really wants that Hollis one Hollis Brookline in that second in that uh, semifinal. Given you know what happened last year, losing to him by a goal earlier this year. You would hope you'd hope you'd want that you 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 want yeah, that you yeah. want to go on that revenge tour and right if you're going to win a championship I remember that's what it was like for us in 2016 the last time you were covering us we got to 
you know, we get to exercise the demons against all the all those teams that we played and lost to in the past in Hollis, Brooklyn, that and Gosstown. Just, yeah, and, uh, funny how it, uh, it broke that way. Oh. Um, you know, in those games, uh, also scheduled for Saturday, um, starting at 5 at Stello Stadium in Nashua. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, we talked about the, the four games in D1 being really all four of them, or excuse me, the four teams in D1 really being not much difference between them. Two really incredible games. I think this one, Portsmouth, clearly a, a uh, uh, big favorite over Wyndham going into this game. But if it's, even if, if Hanover gets by Hollis Brookline, if it is Winnicott and Hanover, Winnicott and Hollis Brookline, I think either way that game is going to be a, a phenomenal matchup. To, you know, all three of those teams, very high scoring teams, I think we were. You know, waiting to see is Hollis Brookline for real, and then the way they played against Portsmouth and, and other teams in the division towards the end of the season, they definitely proved they're more than more than for real. I mean, they they lost that last game of the regular season to Portsmouth seven six in overtime. Um, I think that was among D two teams the only team to hold Portsmouth to uh, single digits, um, and their closest game of the year in D, in D two by far. Was that was that at Hollis? That Brooklyn? was at Hollis Brookline too. Yeah, grass was pretty long. I was there a couple <laughs> weeks ago. That was that's a tough field to play on. But no really? excuses for Portsmouth. What, was but, it, uh, has it rained a lot or something lately? <laughs> I, I don't. I didn't notice. Um, and then the uh, D three, um, all the semifinal matchups are have been uh, determined there. Of course, you got the number one seed Hopkinton just steamrolling its way into the semifinals, twenty two to seven winners over Pembroke, who. Um, you know, Pembroke, they deserve a lot of credit this year. Again, another team that they really struggled um, last year and, and in years past in their previous division. They dropped down to D3 this year, win eight games. Um, you know, they scored, were scoring a lot of goals, yeah, too. They were a high-scoring team this year. Um, they put seven up on Hopkinton. I don't know how many of those came after things had kind of been decided, but, you know, still a, a pretty good accomplishment for them, uh, you know, this season. Hopkinton gets a uh, matchup with number four, Bo. Uh, Bo, an 18-11 winner over Pelham. We're, we're going to have to check the tapes from earlier this year, but I, I think I correctly picked all four of these <laughs> final four teams here. Well, I, I liked Bo I'm, I'm, I liked Bo in the I'm, beginning I'm of the I'm glad you mentioned there. that. I don't know about your tape, oh. but I've got my tape. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll toot my own horn in a moment here. Um, you know, I was a little, a little surprised at that one because Bo and Pelham just played about a week ago, and Bo won by a goal, so to go in, uh, in a rematch there and win by seven. You know, they must have made some Very nice impressive. adjustments, saw something that they liked. Um, on the other side of the bracket, you've got Kearsarge picking up a 12-7 win over Laconia. Um, so we're going to have a new champion in Division Three this year uh, with Laconia. The, I think winners of three of the last four titles uh, will be going home. And then um, Kearsarge will be taking on Derryfield, the number three seed. Yep. With a, uh, you have to remind me of the score, final score here. They if you had, got it. they were, they were deadlocked at four four at the half. Um, Derryfield had gone up four nothing, and then St. Thomas battled back to to make it four four, and then I believe it was an eleven five final. Uh, Derryfield pulled away in the second half. Uh, big scoring contributions from Lucy Lacadia and uh, Olivia Strong. Uh, Shauna Lemerys was strong in the net. Um, I thought St. Thomas's goalie played really well too in in that game. Um, you know, uh, so I'm looking forward to a great rematch of uh, Derryfield and Kearsarge. Another, it was a, a I believe, an eight-five game during the regular yep, season. It was. Uh, really foggy game up there. Very strange, <laughs> very strange game where again, Kearsarge was up at the half. Derryfield came back. That's gonna that's gonna be a really fun game on the semifinals. 
and um, nobody has home field advantage. Now that's up at Laconia right. with yep. Laconia out. Those those um, games Saturday at Laconia starting at five. Um, I think first time in a little while, or, or one of the few times in recent years that, that Laconia has been hosting them and hasn't been in. Um, so that'll be a little bit different for them, I'm sure. Uh, so you want to talk, you know, predictions. So I put uh, previews together and I went back and looked. The previews for the girls' playoffs, to, you know, over the last couple of days, and I went in and threw the predictions I made in the preseason to, you know, kind of see how I did. And um, I, I can report that what well, we had eight teams in all three divisions, 24 playoff teams. I had 22 of them correct. My, the only ones I missed on were the eight seeds in D2 and D3. I had uh, Conval in um, D2 instead of Goffstown and um, Campbell in D3 instead of uh, Pembroke. Didn't do quite as good on the final four. I got all, all four Division One Final Four teams. I got three out of four, in um, and it and and, and we d and it doesn't matter because I had Hanover and Hollis both in the final four. So whoever won that game, I was right. Um, Pretty impressive. And then D three, not quite as good. I had I had two teams in the, of my final four picks in there. All right. How do so we do, how do we do on the boys side? Do I haven't done that yet. <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. They haven't played yet. That'll be fair enough. That'll fair be enough. Uh, later in the week. Any final thoughts on uh, on the playoffs or anything else uh, that we didn't get to yet? I'm anticipating some really great games this week. I think the, the the weather looks great for the rest of the week, so it'll be a good opportunity for people to get out and see some really good lacrosse action. Uh, I like that the NHA has moved some of these games to later start times to to get more people out to the stadiums, create a, a, a really nice atmosphere there. Um, I don't know. I'm, I know my boys, and I'm. We're fired up for Saturday. We can't wait. Um, we, we're definitely tired of the, you know the long the long week of just waiting around here. So we're we're ready to go. Well, so just um, programming alert too. Next week, with um, you know all the playoff games being Tuesday and Wednesday, we are actually going to be recording the show on Monday. Uh, so you'll be able to listen to it on Tuesday of next week. We'll give you a little bit of a preview of the girls' finals. Uh, boys semifinals and and hopefully talk a little bit about what's coming up for uh, the boys championships next Saturday so um, you need your lacrosse fix you know you're not gonna you don't have to wait a whole week to listen to us again we'll be we'll be able um, you'll be able to listen to us next Tuesday so uh, coach thanks again for joining me and, and good luck this weekend Everybody get out there and purchase your uh, your season yearbooks there it's well worth the investment that would be yes that would also be very good too uh, he is Chris Hetler, Dairyfield Boys lacrosse coach. I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening.